to switch up our new little jingle here to like a Christmas song. I hate Christmas. Of course you do. You hate, I hate everything. It. I hate Christmas. You Literally hate everything. Hate it. Halloween. I mean, Thanksgiving is probably number one for me because Christmas just, I see a whole lot of money going out of my bank account and not coming back, especially now that I'm on a leave of absence for a right reason, of course, being here at the uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, of course. But when it's all going out, it goes out a lot faster when there's uh, nothing going in. But that's You are the Grinch. You are the Grinch. November is probably my favorite month just because like, I I like Thanksgiving because it's like a family oriented kind of holiday. What do you mean? Who are you kidding? Who am I kidding? I'm not kidding anybody. You know, you sat in your room playing some Madden. Oh, actually, for no, I, we did not bring our Xboxes home. I don't have an Xbox from our apartment in uh, Middletown, Connecticut, of course. Correct yourself. I don't have an Xbox. Justin does not have an Xbox. PS4 all the way. But uh, speaking of income coming in and out of our accounts, I do have to say it was a uh, rather good story there uh, as we visited our friends in, well, not you, myself and my girlfriend, of course. Visited, he didn't invite me. He took his girlfriend. To visited our friends me. down at the uh, Twin River Casino in Lincoln, Rhode Island. We uh, had a great night there. Spent uh, a little too much money, but myself, uh, you know, for, for once, I was kind of feeling lucky. I, I was down 60 slot wise. I had a $20 ticket for the uh, Rhode may Island Sportsbook. May I interrupt book. real quick? This yes. is the same guy that plays skee-ball with the Connecticut Lottery. I love skee-ball. Skee-ball is a great game, a great scratch-off game here in the Connecticut Lottery. I don't know why Massachusetts isn't so innovative uh, like the Connecticut Lottery is, of course, but whatever. Either way, we're in Lincoln, Rhode Island, Twin River Casino. We're heading down the escalator from the sports book. So two levels. Sports book is on the second level of the casino for anyone who hasn't been there to paint a picture. I'm going down the escalator. So there's this one game that is particularly easy. And it's the only seemingly the only slot in the whole floor that only allows you a dollar entry into Most the machine. Most of them are $5. A lo- almost all of them are 5 5 or 10 Even on the table games, it's right. 5 or 10 5 or 10 And this one slot is a $1 entry. So I'd gotten familiar with it because one time I had brought like probably 10 or 11, 12, uh, 10 or 11 $1 bills. And I would just play it, kind of plug and play away. And there's three light-up screens that give you, you know, $1, $5, $10, $20, so on. So I'm coming down the escalator from the sports book with $20 left, down 60 from slots. So I'm like, well, I can walk out with 20 bucks or I can, you know, I'm going to spend it anyway. So why not spend it here? Hang on. Weren't you up like close to 300 at one point? Don't ruin the story now. Oh, all right. Sorry. You're getting there. Anyway, so. I thought you lost. Way to, way to ruin it. No, so, no, no. I, I thought you lost all that. No, 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 no. I don't know the story. I, I don't know the story. You didn't tell me this. You just told me that you were down a lot and somehow. I, I don't know. I don't know. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, we, I, uh, oh, man. Way to spoil it. So don't listen to what he just I said. I didn't spoil anything. Never mind. Uh, I'm going down the escalator, like I said. Either going to walk out with down 60 bucks or walk out 80 at that point. Uh, my parlay did not win from the Rhode Island sports book. So technically I'm down 80. So I go to this one certain slot machine and I hit a max bet. All three screens light up and each of them are, it's like a, uh, any basic, you know, slot. You get your, uh, you get your three little sections that light up and each of them, like I said, a dollar, five, 10, $20. So first one comes up as one next one spinning 
hits a five. So that's $15 either way. The last one's still spinning, still spinning, still spinning. 155 hit. Oh my God, this is awesome. So I'm up to $155, up to $70 at that point. So I'm like, well, I just need to get back to 120. So I hit another max bet. It's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. Another one, another five. Bang, another five, 155. We're up to what? $310 at that point. So moral of the story, I mean, if you're feeling lucky, you're feeling lucky. I hit, I walk out of there with 280. I hit a couple max bets from there on in. Didn't quite win. But 280, walk out of that casino. Finally up on the casino. I felt good. Felt great about myself. Uh, definitely some extra dinner for uh, Chili's, but I think my story went too long, even after you spoiled it. That, that's hey, how any, it was up. Moral of the story is anytime you're up in the casino, it's a good day. That, absolutely. And then when you're down, I mean, you know, you have fun either way, but... I just find it funny. The one, the one slot I, I go, I know I'm going to hit max bet twice, twice, twice in the span of five minutes, $150 winner. I mean, I, I, I could have done anything that day and I would have won I, literally anything. It's a Thanksgiving miracle. It really was. It was a uh, th- Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend miracle, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it, but that, I guess that's how we spiraled out of income. And speaking of income, Patriots played a, paid a million dollars for a quarterback. Well, we'll get to that. Let me first segue into this. Speaking of you're last... Wel- you're welcome for that one, by the way. No, no, I got an even better one. Speaking oh. of last second victories, ah. the Patriots defeated the Cardinals 20-17 to on Nick Folk's game-winning field goal from 50 yards out to advance to 5-6. and six. Nick Folk, first of all, we'll start here with special teams. And if there's anyone that knows the importance of special teams, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, the guy came into the league as the special teams coach for the New York Giants in 1979. And special teams have been great for the Patriots all year, especially in a year the offense has struggled. Special teams has made up for that. Nick Folk, he's 19 of 21 on the season, and his only two misses have come from 40 yards or longer. And, hold on, it gets better. His two game winners from 50-plus, he's the first kicker in Patriots history with multiple game-winning field goals of 50-plus in the same season. This is the same guy that everyone's like, this guy sucks. He's trash. You know, the more you look at numbers here, the more the numbers don't lie. Literally. I mean, he's what? Missed. Looking at the screen here, he's missed two field goals. Two. Only two. 19 to 21, like you said. And uh, only missed one extra point on the year. So everyone who's claiming that this guy stinks, this guy's terrible. What are we doing? He's doing a lot better than Guskowski was doing towards the tail end of his career. I mean, when you have a guy who you can... Semi-trust now. I mean, I understand that there's still some uh, faulty trust in Nick Folk, but now you're kind of gaining that trust. You have a guy who you can send out there to kick a 50-yard, 50-plus-yard field goal for the win. That's good. Almost every time. Clutch. I mean... He's hit two of them. First kicker in Patriots history to do so, as I just said. For the longest time, people thought Steven Guskowski, former kicker, obviously, for the Patriots, he was, you know, clutch. But he really wasn't. I mean, if you go to certain games like uh, AFC Championship against the against Broncos... Denver, he missed that extra point, put him in the bad uh, bad situation. And ultimately lost in the game. Absolutely. If Well, I don't know how important a... Extra they, point they is wouldn't really. have had They wouldn't have had to go for two. Remember, Tom Brady hit Gronk. Um, they scored a touchdown. They had to go for two, and it was picked off. They wouldn't have had to go for two. That game would have went into overtime, assuming he uh, that extra point goes in, assuming everything stays true. Again, one of those assumptions. But that game goes to overtime. Who knows what happens in overtime? 
But not not to go back there, but I'm just trying to prove my point. Gostelsky wasn't that clutch. He really wasn't. No, no, no. And look especially, at the Super Bowl. especially now, if you look at him in Tennessee, I mean, he's just a total head case now. Yeah, absolutely. All literally the most turned into the most consistent kicker to com- completely someone who can't rely on inconsistency at its at its finest. Ever since he met my brother at Shaw's, his career went downhill. <laughs> he bumped into my brother at Shaw's. He like signed his shirt and sh- my brother gave it to me. Nicest thing my brother's ever get, uh, done for me is given Stephen Guskowski a shine, signed shirt. Ever since he saw my brother, he has gone downhill. I think my brother scared him. Weirdly enough. Right. But Patriots have been, uh, Patriots have uh, had some good luck with their kickers. Look at Vinatieri, the Super Bowls he won uh, with his leg, obviously beating the Raiders in the snow with his leg. Um, then he got Kaskowski, who was one of the best in the business for all those years until the tail end of his career. Then last year, you kind of have a little bit of kicking problems when Kaskowski gets hurt. Nick Folk comes in, he kind of struggles. But now Nick Folk, 19 to 21, like I said, again, 50 plus, 250 plus yard game-winning field goals cannot complain and also on the other side of the kicking uh kicking game here jake bailey he has arguably been the most consistent player for the patriots this season and that's not very good when you say that about a punter mvp for sure mvp i mean even there's, on Sunday, there's no doubt he pinned the cardinals in, in, on their own three yard line he has been incredible and then, obviously, we, see, we saw Gunnar Osheski had a long uh, punt return wiped out by a controversial call, uh, a blind side block, block in the back. I mean, to crack back, I mean, what, are you going to let him, are you going to just not not make a block, just let him tackle him? I didn't understand it. It's part of the rules. But special teams, getting it done for the New England Patriots. That block was so bogus. It, where where was the blind side wording of that tackle where was the blind side right i mean it's not like this guy had no chance of making the play he was on gunner's tail he could have easily made the play so what are you just gonna let him make the play that's the thing with football is you know i understand protecting the quarterbacks and i understand the defenseless receiver and all these and i understand that the no uh no running start on kickoffs anymore to prevent concussions make the game safer but with that that's it's a violent game that's just the nature of the game Hits like that are going to happen. You cannot flag every single hit like that. That's textbook. Hit them right in the numbers. So I guess it's part of the rules, but I mean, that's the thing with the NFL. You know, I understand the protection of the quarterbacks, like I said, but again, it's a violent game. They have to let them play. The rulings even for for all these different different penalties now, it's still not clear. You know, if you think about it, they give all these wordings, they give all these you know, 1A dash B, whatever you, you know, whatever, whatever technicalities they want to go up on for the rule book. Obviously, rule book's a rule book. You can't really, you know, obviously they rewrite it every year. So things are constantly changing. But a blindside block is just that, a blindside block. There was no blindside. If you can see the numbers, this is what I was always coached um, through my days. If you can see the numbers, you can throw the block. And throw the block as long as it has nothing to do with the play because it's not a risk. It's not a risk worth taking. Say the, the ball carrier is 30 yards downfield and you just crack this guy, a uh, totally legal block, um, 30 yards away. It's just not a, a risk worth taking. But we were always taught if you can see the numbers, lay the, lay the stick. Even if, even in that case, even uh, Jennings' case there, he's going to have to hold him. He's going to have to manipulate him in some way that it's going to be 
whether it be like you said, crack back or just kind of pin them, you know, pin them right against the pads there. It's going to be some kind of penalty with that speed. You don't at any block he would have made more than likely would have resulted in a penalty. I mean, give it what I'd say 75% that that would have been a penalty either way. Regardless, controversial call. We won't we won't dwell on it here. Uh, we'll go into our next part here. The offense. What offense? Cam Scam Newton, nine of 18, 84 yards, two interceptions. He had a passer rating of 23.6. Let me repeat that one more time. 23.6. Ready? The last quarterback to win an NFL regular season game with a rating that low or lower was Mark Sanchez in 2012. That's great company. The Sanchez and Scam Newton. It gets better. It gets it gets better. Cam became the first starting quarterback to win a game with fewer than 10 completions, fewer than 100 passing yards, no touchdowns, and two or more picks since Brock Osweiler in week 15 of the 2016 season. That's even better company for Cam Newton. Bottom line, you get what you pay for. I mean, I think everyone's starting to realize it now, but at the time, obviously Cam Newton being a big name, people aren't going to really pay attention to that kind of stuff. You come here now, week 12, everyone's complaining about him. You paid a million dollars for this guy. What did you think was going to happen? There's a reason he was unemployed for as long as he was. Injured, injured or not, whatever you want to call it. But yes, exactly what your point. He, he, he does, he's out of a job because he's out of a job. He's out of a job because he's not good. There was I'm plenty not, of quarterback openings. I'm, everyone passed on him. I'm not saying that he's not good. He hasn't performed to where he should be performing. Bottom line. Well, it's, it's, I mean, any, it's anybody's guess. Again, it really what, is. What you said, you get what you paid for. You paid a million dollars. I mean, it's, it's better than sending um, the Kendall Hinton out there, uh, who's a practice squad receiver, obviously, who just quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And that's a whole other story in itself at that point. But you know what? Cam won't apologize for winning. He just won't do it. He will not do it. He says he doesn't play the game for individual accomplishments or statistics. He plays the game to win. And I mean, hey, he did it. But he sure did pull in his greatest Conor McGregor impression there. He does have nine interceptions on the season. But again, McDaniels and Belichick still firmly believe in camp. And if I've learned anything over the past two decades is to just never doubt Bill Belichick. And I, yes, I have not been around the past two decades. I've been looking at like almost two decades, but close enough. Not watching, not watching, uh, eh, we'll not get watching it to the you. Patriots, but uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you. Um, it's just to not doubt Bill Belichick. If he sees, if he sees this guy as a, the potential fit for quarterback, I mean, I guess I'll ride with it a little bit. Do I think he's the long-term answer? No. We play to win the game. Cam Newton dash. Herm Edwards. The only players with receptions on Sunday were Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, and James White. And James White had one reception and went backwards for a yard. He did score his first touchdown of the year, though. So shout out to James White. First two. First uh, first two touchdowns. You're right. He did have two touchdowns. But let's get to the elephant in the room here. We'll stop at the camp slander for now. Because, you know. And in all fairness, too. Yes, he deserves to be slandered. He's not a bad quarterback. 
They just have. I I don't he's know. Just not a great quarterback. It's, he's not a great quarterback either. You're absolutely right. They haven't tailor made a game plan for him. They really haven't. They, whether it's a tip ball at the line last week, whether it's him only throwing the ball 18 times today. They, like we said over and over, they have to meet the happy medium workload. What they did in the likes of Miami and Seattle, where they let them run 15 or 20 times and they let them throw it 20, 25, 30 times. And they, and it worked. They came within, you know, a possession or, you know, a yard even against the Seahawks. And, and then they, they ran then, a play that everyone and their mother saw coming. And they beat Miami. All they had to do was run, literally run a reverse in Seattle. You know what? I find it funny that... Josh McDaniel says he still firmly believes in Cam. I really do. Because this is the same guy that doesn't let him throw the ball. And again, Cam has not been great. So he does deserve slander. And that's why we are giving him some slander. But his number one options right now, obviously Julian Edelman's had his surgery. He's on the COVID list now. You're looking at Nikhil Harry, who we'll get to. Jacoby Myers, who has he, he's made... Uh, a number one receiver who is probably a three or a four on most other teams. And he's, he's not a number one receiver. Not just, at all. It, Again, he just falls three, on the depth chart as uh, a number one a guy. A three and a four right on now. most other teams. And Demir Bird. That's what he's looking at. So, I mean, it's kind of like Carson Wentz. Like, you know what? People give Carson Wentz all this sympathy. Saying, but you know what? They still give him a lot of slander. A hell of a lot more slander than Cam Newton gets. But he gets that sympathy that he doesn't have any offensive weapons. Well, the thing is, at least Carson Wentz has Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Cam Newton has absolutely nobody. The tight ends are MIA. They drafted three of them. Where have they been all year? There is no tight ends. There are no weapons. The Patriots, you know, they had Hernandez and Gronk. Good tight ends. They have yet to figure it out since then. And they've, they, they make these weapons. And you know what? We'll get into Nikhil Harry now. No catches on three targets and committed a terrible, terrible, terrible holding penalty on Sunday. This guy seems lost. Last year, we thought it was a snap count slash an injury thing. Or not being Brady's guy. Or not being Brady's guy, not, not Which, having that Can trust. you blame him at this point, Tom Brady, for not letting no, him in his no, circle? No. The but wolf pack. This guy sucks. And let me just say, let me just say, you know, this is the list of receivers that were taken in that draft class. Marquise Hollywood Brown, Nikhil Harry was two, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, who had four receptions for 98 yards, a touchdown, and he also ran back an onside kick for a touchdown, Miko Hardman, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, D.K. Metcalf, who had 10 receptions for 177 yards on Monday, and Deontay Johnson. Really not many misses there. D.K. Metcalf, a wide receiver who's also in the top five for... Receiving yards and probably number two, number two or three at this point with uh, touchdowns pending tonight. Hard to miss, yet they did it. Talk about a swing and a miss. I mean, you want to talk about Patriots first round drafting. That's a whole, like we said, literally a whole nother conversation. They should just move all the picks. And you know what? This is kind of just seems like a frustrated fan thing to say, but I mean this. They should move all their picks. Just trade one through th- first round through third round and just pick the later rounds because that's where they find their gems. It makes no sense. It makes no sense for a guy like Bill Belichick who gets all this praise. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not discrediting Bill Belichick whatsoever. But for a guy like Bill Belichick who gets all this praise, the guy can't draft for shit. He's terrible. It's awful. I don't know what it is. 
It's terrible. You want to go. See, the only problem is you want to go down the line where you want to trade back everybody. Everybody complains about how bad they are drafting. Then everybody complains about, oh, why are we moving back in the draft? We don't need to blah, 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 blah. There's no, you know, happy medium for Patriots fans, of course. And I really could care less who they pick, whether it be, you know, a wide receiver first round, a, you know, running back first round, you know, Sonny Michelle, you know, hasn't really panned out quite yet. Akil Harry, obviously not quite there yet either. So you get to all these first round guys and have to say, well, maybe there is a reason for moving back. Don't tell me picking Kyle Duger from Lenore Ryan Division Two NCAA football. Who, who has been good. Kyle Duger has been good. You, you want to say that that guy is still available at your spot? Uh, duh. He literally was not on anybody else. Nobody's taking him out of Division Two Lenore Ryan. And where was it? Hickory. Hickory, North Cat. Where is it? Maryland, I think. Hickory, wherever. I don't even know where it is. That's It doesn't really matter. But um, you remember when they picked Sonny Michelle um, in the first round? Yeah, remember a little guy named Lamar Jackson, possibly? Hickory, North Carolina, you Hickory, were right. I was right. And do you know how many snaps Sony Michelle played in his first game back on Sunday? Can't be less. It can't be more than 10. One. One snap. Meanwhile, Damian Harris, a third round pick, picked 87th in the 2019 NFL draft. He's been playing well for the Patriots. Seemingly taking over the uh, running back carriage it is in New England. I mean, clearly, Sony Michelle comes back. He plays one offensive snap. The next leading rusher behind Damian, Damian Harris's 14 carries for 47 yards was Cam Newton with nine and 46 yards. So, bottom line, there's not much positive to say about an offense that had just, just put up 179 yards and has struggled all year. There's really... There's really not much positives to say when we're starting with special teams because special teams has been probably the highlight of the team. Really not much to say about an offense that has that many struggles. So we'll move on to the defense here. The defense, a little more bright, a little more, uh, a little more exciting. They held the number two ranked offense in the league to just 17 points. And ultimately won the Patriots the game here. Right. They held them to 17 points, just 298 yards. And Arizona controlled the controlled the ball for 34 minutes. That's impressive. They held Kyler Murray to no passing touchdowns in the game for the first time since week 13 in 2019. Also held them to just 160 yards in the air. And that's credit to some great individual efforts from the Patriots. Adam Butler, six tackles, two for a loss, a sack, a pass deflection that led to the Adrian Phillips interception. He also had three QB hits. And then Stephon Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, he heal, he hears your slander. He hears it. He hears everyone's slander. When lined up one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins, he held him to three, uh, three catches on four targets for 26 yards. Longest catch was nine yards for DeAndre Hopkins. The same guy who was in, involved in the infamous Hale Murray touchdown. Hale Murray. Who Remember Mike Tirico? 6XL. What's His 6XL. 6XL gloves. Receiver gloves, yes. According to Pro Football Focus, Gilmore has allowed 100 plus receiving yards once in his career. Do you know who it was against? Will Fuller. No, oh, Devontae Parker, week 17, last uh, season. 
Good guess, though. Will Fuller teams to have those uh, those pop-off games. Even Chase Winovich recording a sack. Um, and what? an egregious flop as well. Oh, terrible flop. We might have to stick him in the NBA after that. That Sick was horrible. League. Sick league. That was horrible. What was he thinking? That's not the Patriot way. We, we were watching the game, and I'm, I look at it. I was like, did Winovich just, like, get shot? Like, what just happened? Like, I thought somebody, like, picked him out of the stands. He you want to talk about back. getting shot, though? You want to talk about getting shot? Cam's unnecessary roughness penalty? Isaiah Simmons? Oh, oh yeah, we, we didn't really gloss on that on the offensive side. Talk about a stretch. You want to talk about flops. So we'll- but that kind of ties into what we were saying about protecting the quarterbacks and all these these kind of it's a the game is becoming soft yeah no it's no secret you can't touch the quarterback literally at all if you touch him in the helmet that's a penalty automatically um even sometimes on the shoulder pad if it's high enough closer to the neck they'll give it to you the thing is that was a tough call on uh isaiah simmons you know there was some green grass green grass still in there with cam newton but um you know the quarterback he's clearly going to the sideline he's taking out of bounds Simmons, that's just, that's a rookie mistake. I just like bottom line for the defense. I know we kind of just glossed over it right there for uh, Cam's unnecessary roughness penalty, but it's been great to see Stephon Gilmore back, you know, only two weeks in here now. For him to prove that he still can play, obviously. Well, I never really well, doubted that he couldn't play. Player of the Year awards. So. I never really doubted that he couldn't play, but obviously coming off a knee injury for three or four weeks now. That he can play with the best of the best, a.k.a. DeAndre Hopkins, who's, you know, easily top three, top five receiver, depending on who you ask, of course. To shut him down, 36 yards, three catches, four catches, long catch of nine yards. This is a guy who catches 10, 11 balls a game for 100, anywhere from 100 to 170 some odd yards on average. Very good for him. Taking the pressure off of J.C. Jackson, who played tremendously, in his in Gilmore's absence, mind you, only had one hiccup really against the Jets. So it's kind of I'd like to see them kind of morph it all together. Where are we going though? Is my only worry. Now, obviously, a key to stopping a number two offense is containing their their best players and um, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and the Pats did that effectively, and that's what led to the led to them winning the game. Numbers don't lie. They held the ball for over thirty four minutes. They only scored 17 points. That is a great game from the Patriots defense. This offense is no joke. Kenyon Drake is starting to find his rhythm. Kyler Murray, obviously, you still hear him as a dark horse MVP candidate. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we know how deadly he is. They have weapons all over the field. And Cliff Kingsbury's offense is much like a college offense. You know, they they have the ability to just put up points. And he runs it like a college. Um, pretty much everything's out of the pistol. Really, not much under center. Um, so this is a big, big game for the Patriots defense and kind of an impressive one. So I guess that'll lead us into our last segment here. Let's look forward. Patriots are now 5-6, and six and they're in the hunt. This upcoming week, week 13, the Patriots will be at the Chargers, who are 3-8 and eight this Sunday. Now, this was the thing. This was the stretch on the schedule where... Patriots fans kind of circled it from the beginning as you saw that they go to the to the Chargers and then they stay in L.A., play the Rams on Thursday, which is obviously tough. So let's start here with this Chargers game. This Sunday, Patriots Chargers, Chargers three and eight, Patriots five and six. Anthony Lynn 
showed how much of a moron that guy is against the Bills. A moron. Terrible. I mean, you go all the way down the field. Granted, on a last second, Hail Mary, well, not touchdown, but Hail Mary pass. But you want to go all the way down and not get anything out of it? Not even a field goal, not even a touchdown, make it look a little closer. Even with 30 some odd seconds left, they're completely taking their time at that point. They don't even want to try kicking a field goal, maybe. They didn't even know what to do. Sent the field goal unit out there. Then he sends, you know, the offense back out, puts a field goal unit on, off, on, off. Kick the field goal, get the onside kick. You're not going to win anyway. They, the cha- they made it so impossible to get an onside kick this year. You're not going to get it anyway. You might as well kick the field goal and give yourself the most amount of time to do so. And we know the Chargers struggles this year, losing a ton of games by one possession. Pretty much all of their games this season have been decided by one possession. Um, Anthony Lynn has showed us he doesn't know how to coach a football team, how to run a football team, or anything about football for that fact. Justin Herbert, he's showing us uh, that he could be special. I'm not totally buying it just yet. But he could be special. Um, if he had a decent coach with his head screwed on the right way. Yeah, yes. and that actually, that kind of that kind of just reminded me of something that I saw something on Pro Football Focus that was the most intriguing uh, head coaching jobs for 2021. The Chargers weren't on that list. I'm not so sure about that. You, I think you have the keys to the city right there. Absolutely, Eckler, who likes to catch passes and a out of the backfield. New stadium, what right. gets better? Well, yeah, that too, I guess. And Keenan Allen still can certainly hang. There's no doubt about sure that. Can so the key to the game against the Chargers would be to outcoach them. Simple as that. And hopefully, you got two you struggling know. teams, one of which still in the hunt. Bill Belichick, you know, this is his specialty. Rookie, he can make rookie quarterbacks struggle. And I think he can certainly take advantage of Anthony Lynn, who, again, showed us he knows nothing about the sport. So that's the key. That's going to have to be the key. And it is a tough game, um, obviously, going across the country. Um, more, the, top, the more tough game would be the Rams. But um, the, the key would be to outcoach him. And, you know, Josh McDaniels, he's going to step it up, too. Figure out the offense. Now, you you got to give Cam his healthy share. Let Cam throw the ball around. Let Cam cook. That's let not, Cam cook. It. Let Cam cook. Talk about let Russ cook. He's been simmering on the uh, on the oven there. You need to let Cam cook. You do. But, you know, Belichick out-coaching Cliff Kingsbury, great coach. Out-coaching Harbaugh at home against the Ravens. You know, these are two huge wins. Belichick, again, I, I feel like I say this every time we're on the segment, the Patriots segment for Wednesdays. Belichick has put these guys in position every game except for the San Francisco 49ers game. They won the Dolphins game week one. They were in position to win the Seahawks game. They run that horrible read option play with Cam Newton trying to bust it in. Every Again, everyone and their mother knew that was coming. They're in position there. Fault Josh McDaniels. Terrible play call. They beat the Raiders. They're in position to beat the Chiefs. You contain Mahomes. That's how you beat the Chiefs. They did that. They they ultimately lost 26 to 10. Had Brian Hoyer not had a terrible sack, but they held Mahomes to 236 yards and two touchdowns. For Patrick Mahomes, that's a quiet day. To hold them to 26 points. That's how you beat the Chiefs as you contain them. That game was also only one one possession. <laughs> that game was also one only one possession game until crunch time, obviously. Until, right. So and then you get the Broncos Patriots game. Drew Locke throws 
two fourth quarter interceptions. And that's usually a death sentence on the road in Gillette. Patriots couldn't capitalize. Then, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers game. That game was not pretty, as that was the game Cam Newton was benched. He was 9-15, yards, three picks. Stidham comes in. He didn't do much better, 64 yards and a pick. Sometimes you just don't have it. That's all. Right. That's the nature. And we're not green teaming here, but Patriots at Bills. Cam Newton fumbles the ball. Okay, they're still in position. Patriots at Jets. They win the game. Ravens at Patriots. The Patriots win. Patriots at Texans. Deshaun Watson just carved him up. That's another I guess. I guess that, that's a game they kind of lost. They lost. Does Romeo Cornell have Bill Belichick's number? They were buddies. <laughs> Coach and staff. They probably literally have each other's number, but probably coaching literally. number? Maybe. And then they beat the Cardinals. So, you know, that's the... the the key to this game against the Chargers would be to outcoach them. Make Herbert make rookie mistakes. Make it happen. And it's going to. I think I believe it's going to happen. You know, I incorrectly predicted they beat the Texans. I mean, I, literally the only game they had to win throughout this whole series of games coming up. Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Only game they had to win. Of course, they lose. The only problem here is what's ahead of this game. Because I think that the Patriots can win the Chargers. So, they've, they've had the Chargers number. No so doubt. they beat the Chargers. They go on to 6-6. Six and six. Week 14, they play the 7-4 and four Rams on Thursday night. That's a quick turnaround. Obviously, they're staying in California during that. Here's my thing. The Rams are vulnerable. And they showed it. They're coming off a pretty bad loss to the Niners, who are a banged-up team. Though it's a divisional game. The page, I mean, Jared Goff, I kind of like, this guy is so inconsistent. He's so hot and cold. That's where I think, again, this defense, if they can do what they did to Kyle Murray, bottle him up, if they can do the same to Jared Goff, I think the offense can do just enough to win this game. Will it be easy? No, it's a lot easier said than done. Especially with the matchups with you have Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. I mean, Robert Woods is a great runner. I don't think he's a great receiver. Cooper Cup is a prime route running receiver, no doubt. You lock on Gilly on him, you know, Stephon Gilmore on Cup. You kind of let Robert Woods run around with J.C. Jackson. I mean, you got everybody covered. You really do. They've let Jackson come become a star in his own self. Great stretch of picks this season so far. And they're going to shut them down. That's in a perfect world game plan, clearly. But they have the tools to do it. The Rams are a good team, yes. Like you said, they contain Goff as a quarterback. They contain Herbert as a quarterback. And you've seen it. They contain Murray, like you said. Contain Mahomes, like you said. And they have a chance to win the game. They're one and one, if you want to call that. Even the Bills, Josh Allen, 21 points, 24 points. Still containing him. They can get it done with the Rams. They can get it done against the Chargers. I think the Rams will be a tougher game than the Chargers. Oh, no doubt. Especially on the short rest. But is it doable? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. It absolutely is doable. And I think this, we've already seen that this, uh, granted, it was on a much bigger stage, obviously, with hundreds and thousands of fans in the stands and tuning in on TV in the Super Bowl. We saw them, how the Patriots made Jared Goff shit down his leg, essentially. And we've seen that before. Would they have to do that again? Yeah, it would obviously help out. But I, I think defensively, they can match up with the Rams. And I think the offense can do just enough. You know, Cam, this is it. These next five games. Well, if you want to look at it on a serious note, these next two games. They're not above 500 by the time no, they, if they, they come right. back to No, no, I'm talking for playoff, playoff-wise, yes, but I'm talking for Cam Newton. These next five games, this is it. 
if you can show the Patriots or any other team something that you deserve to be a starting quarterback, that's it. Right now, I, I don't think he is one. Right now, you look at this. If you if you look at this right now and you look and say you want Cam back next year, you're kind of crazy. He's giving you no reason to think that. I don't think necessarily that I would want him back next year, but I think he's done a serviceable job this year. I really Again, do. He hasn't. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. I really do think he's done a serviceable job this year. Because if you look at it, Chiefs game, they even could have won that. Yes, do you really need him? No, I understand that. But you take him out, obviously they lose 16 points. You go at home against against Denver, he doesn't put even close of enough points to win. This guy has four touchdowns and nine picks on the year. I can't buy. And again, again, I, I I know we said this earlier. He doesn't have the weapons. I get it. And I know we can't slander him. But did you watch the Kansas City game when Brian Hoyer and Jared play. Stidham step in? But we can't say that Cam. What are you better. doing? I, I understand that, but we can't. I'm saying like we know the Patriots cap cap space for next year. How much they yes. have. We know. And right now they have a decent pick. And I, I'm with you on that. I don't I don't want to see this guy come back next year. Do I think he can make a little run here and surprise us? Yes, Absolutely. I think he can too. And that's what I'm saying is this next five games, this is it. This is his. You know how we always said that Jame, hopefully Jameis Winston would get the audition. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got the audition. You know, the rest of the season doesn't matter. If Cam can kind of... Strap it up, go four and one, five and zero oh, over the course of these next five games. Sneak in the playoffs at ten and six or nine and seven. He could show teams a lot of things, a lot, a lot. I'm just saying, he's done a serviceable job this year. Numbers sometimes lie. They're five and six. I get it. How much better were you going to expect them to do with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer? I'm not saying that one of Brian them, Hoyer who gets sacked in the red zone. Brian Hoyer, who gets sacked in the red zone to run up the clock for the half to almost completely change the game at that point. They right. score. It's a whole different game. And Jared Stidham throwing hammered, picks everywhere. We've hammered Hoyer for that. He's a veteran. He can't be making those those mistakes. But Cam has not shown enough. You know, I'm not saying I want Hoyer or Stidham under center next year, but do I want Cam? As of right now, no. If he can show us something here, win four, of, at least four of the five, because if they go eight and eight, I have a trouble seeing them get into the playoffs. They can go nine and seven. All right, now, now we're in business. If he can win at least four out of the five and show us something and show us that he kind of still has some of that old MVP cam that was in 2016, which was four years ago. You know, if, if he can show he still has some of that, Okay, now we can evaluate him for next year. You know what? If you can get us into the playoffs, we can get you some weapons next year. We'll see what happens. But I think he needs to show us something. Right now, his stats right now, how he's playing right now is not going to do it. Four touchdowns, nine picks is not going to cut it. And again, we know he has no receivers. And this this team is probably the toughest team to talk about, the Patriots, because they're so damn confusing. They make no sense. They don't. It really, it really blows my mind. It makes no sense. So, Rams are a vulnerable team. They have a ch- good chance to beat the Rams. Is it going to be easy? No. Again, it's a lot easier said than done. Next up, Week 15, Patriots go to Miami. The seven and four Dolphins. That's right, the seven and four Miami Dolphins. This is where you have to look out 
and I don't know if you want to spend too much time on this game because ultimately if Patriots lose the next two games, the game's meaningless. And if you want to go look at the playoff hunt here, Patriots get Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. And so here's where we can kind of say, you know, if they lose to the Rams, that's it. You have to win the next three. You have to. They have to beat they can Los afford, Angeles They can first. afford to lose one game. Right. But they got to get through this L.A. road stand first. This is tough. Three straight road games. That's tough. Two in L.A., then you go to Miami. At least they're going to be kind of used to the warm weather. They'll be there for three weeks. Well, two weeks because they play the same. They play Sunday and then they play on Thursday. And uh, staying at Chip Kelly's house. Yeah, right. So, uh, so they'll uh, they'll kind of be used to it. So maybe that's an advantage. But we, even though they play indoors, both teams do play indoors now. Here, right? Yeah, I forgot they both. Well, play they play at the same so, stadium. So stadium, so. right? Um, that's okay. They might just stay in the locker room. Might good thing you're up, good looking. My, <laughs> thank you. Might put up some uh, some some air mattress or something. Just stay in the locker room. Okay. Either way, though, Patriots have a tough schedule going forward. Dolphins. They're not, they, they don't have the most easiest schedule either. I don't know why I worded it like that, but they got next five, Bengals, Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Bills. Tough. So my biggest part is seeing how the Patriots show up on 12-20, 1 o'clock. And it uh, doesn't say where the game is. Which one? Patriots at Dolphins. At says Dolphins. Okay, they're at the Dolphins. They're going to be, like you said, ready for the warm weather. But if they're... Well, they both play indoors. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's true. Well, they'll be in L.A. So, I mean, is L.A. even nice at this time? Anyway, it's windy there, isn't it? 1220. That'd be December 20th, one o'clock at Hard Rock Cafe Stadium. They changed the name a million times. Used to be Sun Life. Not anymore. The Patriots have a winning record going into that game and they win. They are in the playoffs. So here I will guarantee you. Here's that. what we're looking at right now. Pittsburgh is the one seed right now at 10 and 0. They play the Ravens tonight. The Chiefs are the two seed at 10 and 1. The Titans are the three seed at 8 and 3. The Bills are the four at 8 and 3. The Browns are the five at 8 and 3. Now here's where we get shady. Here's where the Patriots can sneak in. Dolphins, 7 and 4. Colts, 7 and 4. So the Patriots need the Ravens. To, the Steelers would be helping out the Patriots a lot tonight if the Patriots if the Steelers can beat the Ravens, because the Ravens would fall to six and five also. Obviously, without Lamar Jackson tonight, I like that chances. I really like those chances. They didn't even, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram were eligible to come off the COVID list today. They didn't activate them. So it will be Gus, it will be the Gus bus, Gus Edwards, carrying, uh, Gus carrying bus. the load tonight. Um, what do they call you? They call me Gus. The Gus bus. Gus bus. Hey, have you ever seen bench warmers? Yes. I think you're lying. I'm not lying. I think you're I'm lying. Who lying. was in it? Don't ask me. I, I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ravens lose tonight. They're six and five. Raiders are six and five, who just come off an embarrassing loss to the Falcons. So the Patriots, right now, the teams we need to lose for the Patriots: Raiders, Ravens, Colts, Dolphins. Those are the teams that the Patriots need to fall, and. Regardless if they win out, they're going to need some help. So it's going to be really interesting. I think the main team to watch in all this has to be Miami. 
I really Absolutely. do. Miami's the main team. Yes. I don't believe in Indy. I do, however, believe in Miami, as crazy as that sounds. Just because, you know, you look at, they play the Bengals, they play the Raiders, and they play a the team. Bills, a division, all the, then they play what? Two out of five divisional games. They play the Bengals, who got nothing. Chiefs, obviously, that's going to chalk that up to a loss, ultimately. Or, you know, any given Sunday, of course. Alex, you know, I had trouble uh, announcing the Colts were not fraud. So, you know, that's how I feel about the Colts. You guys know they have I'm a great really defense. Sold. They just can't figure out the other side of the ball. But they need the Ravens. The Ravens and Raiders and Dolphins are the most important. Like you said, the Dolphins have a tough end of the schedule. The Raiders, what everyone thought was a good team. Then coming off an embarrassing loss to the four and seven Atlanta Falcons. So it's going to be interesting, but for the Patriots, they're just going to take it one game at a time. And that all starts this Sunday against the Chargers. It's a uh, tough road ahead. That's for sure. It sure is. But you just got to worry about what you can do first, but that'll just about do it for today's episodes. Alex, you want to go ahead and plug the socials? Yes. Be sure to follow the red line podcast on Instagram and Twitter on Instagram at redline sports, six one seven and on Twitter at redline sports. Be sure to check out our website that Justin has uh, conveniently in front of him. I sure do. Be sure to check us out on Weebly or just look up redlinesportspodcast.weebly.com. Uh, hoping to get some blogs up there going soon. Isn't that right, Alex? As soon as we figure out how to do that, we will uh, get them up there. But go check us out. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Um, appreciate all the love. And Alex, you want to go ahead and wrap it up on your favorite uh, last words here. So like we said, football tonight, 340. I hope you're watching it socially distanced with everybody in the house. Maybe if you have to wear a mask inside the house. I know as ridiculous, ridiculous as it sounds, sometimes you just got to tough it up, throw one on. Maybe you got an elderly family member there. But if you are, in fact, wearing one, be sure to keep it over your nose and your mouth. We see you all on Friday or we will hear from you all on Friday for our NFL Week 13 picks. We'll see you then. Week 13, no cancellations yet. Pretty incredible. Thank you. We'll see you then.